and welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin, I've got my brother Travis with me as always, and today we are covering Jesse Johnson and his album from 1985, Jesse Johnson's Review. Travis, do you have your pop filter on, brother? Yes, I do have my, my pop filter on, Q. Thank you for checking. Okay, um, yeah. Just just making sure, dude. Because, yeah, I think, I don't know, maybe a couple episodes ago, I went half the show without my pop filter on. Probably the, the vast majority of people didn't notice, but... Um, my, my ears were offended, dude, when I listened back to it. I mean... I'm just kidding, dude. Here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing, Q. Sometimes if you have if you have just your standard run of the mill microphone, yeah, a pop filter could go a long way. Yeah, dude, for sure. But there are companies out there that make microphones. You just plug it in, and your your voice sounds buttery smooth just all of a sudden. You know what I mean? How's mine sound, dude? Is it buttery today? Well, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, what I was trying to figure out, Q, is what is going on with your voice lately? Because it sounds amazing right now. Like, did you, I mean, what, did you get a new microphone or what? I mean, I know the answer to this question, Q. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did, man. We got, we got the hookup. Uh, the Pantheon Podcast Network just got sponsored by AKG. Man, they've got this awesome podcast essentials kit. Comes with headphones and mic. And it's a... It's a real beauty, dude. It looks amazing. It's sexy, man. It's a sexy mic. Yeah, let's put it this way. Um, if we knew about this bundle when we first started out, yeah, it's a no-brainer. You know what I mean? As far as like- Oh, yeah, dude. You want to start your own podcast? Do you want to start maybe recording some some songs on the side? Are you like an amateur musician or something like that? Yeah. Grab yourself this 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 bundle right here. It's perfect. It's, it's a- yeah. I mean, it's a microphone and it's high quality headphones and it's AKG. Yeah. AKG is, is relied upon by the world's top recording studios and concert stages for over 70 years. Well, yeah, dude, my dad, my dad, our dad, <laughs> when I, I, I sent him a picture of the mic and he said, oh yeah, I used to have an AKG. Yeah. that Dude, what more do you need to know? Our dad, uh, if you haven't listened to some of our previous episodes where we had him on, he used to be a radio DJ and like- what more, like, what more do you need to hear? You know, that's what professional broadcasters rely on or AKG microphones. And you can get yourself the podcaster essential kit, uh, for a pretty, pretty affordable price. Yeah, dude. And the kit also comes with Ableton live light. It comes with the, the latest edition, which is what I use to, to mix and edit our show. So like it really does come with everything you need to start a podcast. Yeah, that's cool. Amazing. It's awesome, yeah. All right, Q. Let's talk about, like you said, right at the beginning, man. And that song that you chose to play us in, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not stoked, I don't know what's going to stoke you, you know? Because <laughs> I just love that this kind of music. And um, it, it, there's just, it's hard not to, to tap your feet, you know, and just start getting into the groove here, man. So that song was Be Your Man which is one of the singles off of Jesse Johnson's debut solo record. Again, it's called Jesse Johnson's Review. Uh, So before he did solo stuff, Jesse Johnson was in a band called The Time. You ever heard of them, dude? 
I don't believe I have. Actually, yes, I have. We've talked about the time before. Yeah, we have. So yeah. he was. So he was in a group with Prince. No. So I. So yeah. Here's what I I found out okay. today. Because I was wrong. I thought Prince was in the time. Okay. Uh, Prince was the guy that pulled this group together and formed the band. Okay. Uh. So here's what happened. As per a clause in Prince's contract with Warner Brothers. He was allowed to recruit and produce other artists for the label. First off, I don't know how, how uh, common that is, but talk about an awesome like bonus for Prince. You know, like he's like, all right, I'll sign with the record label, but you got to give me freedom to bring artists that I know and produce albums i mean if you're the record label that's a no-brainer to me because i'm a tastemaker you know i'm i'm prince right i know what i'm doing well, yeah i have a great taste for for what's hot right and i'm gonna make you guys a bunch of money if you let me bring my friends in to record some music i mean yeah if you're the record label like that's a that's a no-brainer you know yeah yeah so something i didn't really know about and actually while we're at it dude let's talk a little bit about detroit techno and I'm going to bring all this back around, dude. Okay. I'm curious <laughs> how you tie tie these two ends together. So we had a message from a listener on Twitter uh, a couple weeks ago when we posted our Andy Stott episode um, that kind of pointed us in the right direction and revealed to us that the techno genre came out of Detroit. I could have sworn up and down that it was somewhere over in like Sweden or something that techno originated from, but it was Detroit and it was kind of stemmed from a bunch of dance clubs around the late seventies, early eighties started spinning a bunch of disco records. Uh, there were a few DJs in Detroit that were playing a bunch of funk alongside like synth pop, like uh craft work and stuff like that. And these young DJs in Detroit started kind of mixing and scratching disco records and kind of throwing their own beats on it. Basically, that's how techno was born. Uh, so I didn't know about this genre of funk rock. Uh, it's it's called the Minneapolis Sound, which is basically pioneered by Prince. The Minneapolis Sound is funk rock mixed with synth pop, R&B, and new wave. That's why the sound is so unique, you know? It's awesome, dude. So this is all around the same time, late 70s, early 80s. So in Detroit, they were mixing funk with synth pop, but like with a more disco bend. Yeah. Minneapolis sound with Prince and bands like The Time, uh, Morris Day, who's the lead singer of The Time. But they were all kind of throwing that funky stank on new wave dude what a that's fucking awesome so like i know man you know i feel like the word fusion doesn't get used or it does get used but for a very specific you know fusion t to me i always think of jazz rock fusion you know what i mean but it's safe to say that that this is a, a fusion of all of these genres right for sure yeah it is so it is a sub genre of funk yeah and so I'm going to read this straight, pulling this straight from Wikipedia, but this is a pretty great summary of it. And then we're just going to jump right into our first song. So actually, you know what? No, let's play. Let's play a song first. Um, okay. So I'm going to play a couple songs from the time. 
So Jesse Johnson played lead guitar for the time. Again, they were all brought together by Prince. Prince was longtime childhood friends with Morris Day, who's the lead singer in the time. So Jesse Johnson didn't really, he, he wrote a few songs, like co-wrote a few songs for the time. But really, I just want to show off this Minneapolis sound, if you're not familiar with it yet. So I'm going to play a song from their second studio album called What Time Is It? Do all of their song names have the word time in it? Not, no. Okay. No. <laughs> but he he pretty much like at least once in a lot of songs, he'll ask what time it is. Like, just okay. The song. I got it. He'll be like, what time is it? Uh, all right. So I've got a couple clips to play here. So this is a song again off of their second studio album, What Time Is It? from 1982. This song is called 777-9311. just can't get it just like it's just so it's just so smooth man it's fucking cool man it's just and cool. super cool yeah it's just there's just so much swagger going on you know i'm not joking dude i've been i've been singing that all day who needs eight six seven five three oh nine when you hear this <laughs> right all right dude so i wasn't gonna play this but i so i listened to their first album uh self-titled came out a year before what time is it and I just want to play the outro of... So, number one... Well, I don't have a number two, but... <laughs> they have they have some, like, 10-minute songs that are just straight-up funky jams on more so in their, their first album. But I want to play... This is a 10-minute song, dude. I just want to play a little bit of the fade-out. And, you know, I was talking about how... Just how fucking cool these dudes are. Well, this song is called Cool, and he's pretty much spending the entire time talking about how cool he is. Listen to how awesome this outro is. All right, so this is, again, from the Times debut record from 81. This song is called Cool. I said, ain't nobody bad like me. I'm getting out. 
so awesome, dude. <laughs> oh, man, I oh, it's so awesome, dude. I love it. <laughs> yeah, dude. It, that's just just having it's just having a fucking blast, man. Yeah, man. He's like asking questions to his bandmates. He says, "Band," and they go, "What? Is anybody hot?" Is anybody hot? Like, no. And he's like, "You know why? Why? Because we're cool." <laughs> so awesome, dude. I love it. Yeah. All right. It, it, um, so here's something that we got to point out, Q. Maybe you already said this, but what makes this music uh, even more interesting or cool, as they as they said in that song, is that Prince wrote most of these songs, which yeah, is crazy. This was, this was his baby. So like basically, so so yeah, it's not just that he. I mean, think about it from Prince's perspective. He's putting together a band, so he's going to pick only members who can play like his own music, right? I'm yeah. reading a, an article here about Jesse Johnson. And basically, you know, the way they're putting it is, um, you know, the Times music was an outlet for Prince to release harder funk songs that he was unable to release under his own name. And they're saying, if you're going to be playing songs that Prince wrote live, then you have to be as good as Prince. And Prince... uh you have to have the look too. You, you know? gotta have this. Yeah, you gotta be able to pull it off. But I guess the point that this article is trying to make, because you know Jesse Johnson is a guitar player, Prince is an amazing, incredible guitar player. You know, arguably one of the most underrated guitar players of all time. Yeah. So Jesse Johnson's got the chops. Right. That's the point that this article is, is trying to make. But like Prince doesn't get the attention that Eddie Van Halen got. Right. Jimmy Page. He's not up. He's not considered a guitar god, quote unquote, up with all those other guys. But he's he's got he's got the chops. He just didn't he just didn't uh highlight it as much in his his playing and stuff as some of these other guitar players did. Um but you know anyway, so the point that this article is trying to make is that Jesse Johnson can throw down on the guitar because he has to. He's got to pull off what you know whatever music Prince came up with for this man. I'm about to show off his guitar work a little bit. No ho- yeah hold on a minute. Let me ask you this. Cause this actually gives in a specific are you going to play the guitar solo from 7779311? I am. Okay, cool. So here's what this article says, actually. It says, for an example of Jesse ripping an absolutely monstrous guitar solo, skip to eight minutes and 18 seconds. Dude, that's what we're about to do, <laughs> brother. There, there you go, man. <laughs> so, yeah, here's here's the guitar solo from 7779311.
Yeah, man. We're, I mean, that's, that's not even the whole solo, this. dude. So you faded it out, yeah. So I mean, that's what's great about um, about the Minneapolis sound, right? Yeah, pr- exactly. Prince's uh, sound here that he that he cultivated. It's like, what else are you gonna hear uh, a guitar solo like that in a funk song, you know, or or a new wave song, right? Yeah, dude. And I'm glad you say that because I'm gonna read off a list here of distinguishing characteristics. So yeah, it's a form of funk, but here's what makes it the Minneapolis sound. So the synthesizers replace the horns uh, and they're used more as accent than as fill or background. The rhythm is often faster and less syncopated than traditional funk owed much to the new wave sound. Guitars, while usually played clean for rhythm parts, were frequently much louder and more aggressively processed during solos than in traditional funk. The bottom of the sound was less bass-heavy than traditional funk. Drums and keyboards filled more of the bottom, and the drums were more highly processed than in traditional funk. It's just cool, man. It's just a cool sound. Like they were saying, dude. They had a whole song about it. They called it cool. Is anybody hot? Didn't think so, because we're cool. Yeah, they didn't have to explain it to us, but in case anybody was confused, they're like, hey... We're going to spill it out for you. So the time really skyrocketed after Prince starred in the movie Purple Rain. Now, I'm going to admit my ignorance here, dude. I'm almost afraid to admit this. I've never watched Purple Rain. Well, I haven't either, but I... So I knew that Purple Rain was an album of Prince's, but I didn't realize that it was a soundtrack to a movie called Purple Rain. Uh, this is just our, our ignorance about Prince, but uh, yeah, did they make an album around the movie, or did they make the movie around their album? Was the music written first? Purple Rain. Pur- <laughs> <laughs> Pur- Purple Rain was supported with its soundtrack album of the same name. So Prince wrote the songs for the movie. He plays a character called the Kid, loosely based off himself. You know what, Q? Let's just let's just tell it like it is. The purpose of the film. Was to sell records. That's why they for sure <laughs> they just threw all of these bands on there, all under the same label, right? Weren't these all three Warner Bros? Yeah, it says here, dude. Purple Rain was developed to showcase Prince's talents, and the film contains several concert sequences. Yeah, and it was distributed by Warner Brothers. Hello. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, the, so the reason that I brought that up is because that you know once that this movie came out, it did really well, actually. Um, the time they fucking skyrocketed. And one of the songs featured in the film by the time was co-written by Jesse Johnson. So that's the reason I bring it up because this is a little bit of what Jesse Johnson was able to bring to the table as far as like songwriting skills go. So we're going to play a little bit of that and then we're going to get to Jesse Johnson's review. This song's great, dude. I don't know if you've heard it before. You may have. But again, so this is The Time. This is a song that was featured in Purple Rain It shows up in their album Ice Cream Castle from 1984. This song is called Jungle Love.
few there are uh, very few certainties in life you know yeah but one of them is that this band must have been an absolute blast to see live i mean i can't even imagine their stage presence is obviously amazing now here here's something that we got to talk about okay if you're a fan of kevin smith and any of the stuff that he does and I, I think it's an understatement to say that you are a, a Kevin Smith fan. I the funny thing about that, Q, is that I'm I'm more of a fan of the um, the people that. Well, we don't have to get into his this, his buddies, his buddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, the time showed up in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back doing a performance at an after party. Do they do this song? Is it this? I song? don't know what song they do, but okay. um, that's cool. But I, all I know is like, I recognize, I was looking at, I was trying to figure out how, like why I recognized Morris Day and it's because he shows up in that film. Yeah. Cool. With the time, which I mean, that's kind of crazy because uh, Jane Silent Bob's Drive Back came out in 2001. So like. Damn. I don't know why. And that's, here's the thing. Kevin Smith, like if he, if he throws, if he throws anybody into his film or any band or anything like that. It means that he's a fan of that group, or right. or you know what I mean. So I mean, yeah. it's safe to say that Kevin Smith was is a fan of of uh, the time. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's kind of like with uh, John Hughes. You know, if if you were going to show up in a John Hughes film, chances are it's because he's a fan of your music. Which that's a great segue because Jesse Johnson. I see what you did, and Jesse Johnson's review has kind of a cameo, if you will, in uh, Pretty in Pink. We played that song in pretty uh, in our Pretty in Pink episode, and we're gonna play actually. that song again, dude. Sorry if you're gonna hear it again. Sorry because I just love the song, and it's a non-single, so it's fair game. Um, but yeah, so Jesse Johnson splits. I, I want to say that the time kind of splitting apart was mutual, you know, like no bad blood uh, from what I read. But Jesse Johnson started doing his own stuff, so this is just more of the same of that funky Minneapolis sound. I always want to put another N in there, dude. Minneapolis. 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 Yep. Um, but yeah, so in the in there's a record store that's featured quite a lot in Pretty in Pink that they all hang out at. Uh, Molly Ringwald's character works there. And one of the posters on the wall is the... It's a poster of the album art of Jesse Johnson's review. And he... Did you just fall out of your chair? <laughs> no, that's my cat's wrecking shit. <laughs> uh, would have been funny if you did, dude. <laughs> uh, here we go. Pretty big. Um, the song. There's a Jesse Johnson song called "Get to Know Ya" that is on the Pretty in Pink soundtrack. Not the biggest fan of that one, uh, but anyways, needless to say, John Hughes was a big fan of Jesse Johnson, and he was a fan of Jesse Johnson's review. Uh, so let's dive right into a track from that album. So again, I don't have that much to say about his solo stuff other than he fucking killed it with this album. He did really. <laughs> what more do you need to know? Yeah. Dude, everything about this record, man, the, the cover. Oh, dude, I've got it right here, man. I've been, I've been looking at it. Yeah. Like the, the, yeah, the, the aesthetic of the cover is just perfect. Yeah, man. It just oozes that, that Minneapolis cool, you know? What? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. 
Are they even are they from Minneapolis? What's going on here? Well, I don't know because yeah, it's not like you have to be from Minneapolis to mm. play that style of funk, but yeah. uh the Minneapolis sound originated in Minneapolis. I know that much. All right, dude. So, again, if you listen to our Pretty in Pink Hughes Tunes episode, this is going to sound familiar. But this is my favorite song on Jesse Johnson's review. So we're going to play it again. This is track four off the album. It is called Just Too Much. those bass lines dude killer just got funky bass slapping you know yeah and that's why you know i I feel like if you if you blend any genre with funk you know you're you're gonna get that great bass it's gonna be a banger that great bass sound yeah yeah dude yeah man i I love the way and and uh morris day does this in the time too so i don't know if jesse borrows this from him but i love how either they'll Shout out another bandmate before a solo is played, or they kind of do like a sing it 
you know, like, or good God. Right. <laughs> That's a long-standing tradition and fun. Sure. Like, but yeah. Um, the intro song for this episode, uh, be your man. He does that too. He's like drums. A lot of, uh, a lot of front men and women do this, you know, where they're like, you know what? We're going to pass it over to the bass player for a solo. I'm all about it. I, I like it too. You know, what? a little shout out to the, to yeah. your other bandmates. You gotta, you know, these people aren't just, aren't just hunks of meat up there. <laughs> you know, they have names too. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know their names. Let's name them off, dude. I got the album sleeve right here, man. Actually, you know, it's funny, dude. It's got their, um, their signs in parentheses, if you guys want to know. So Jesse Johnson's a Gemini. He's guitar and lead vocals. You got dude, there Mark... are some people that definitely want to know that. I'm not one of them, but. Well, you got Mark Cardenas. He's Aquarius. Keyboards, vocals. Bobby Vandell, also Aquarius, drums, vocals. Jerry Hubbard, he's a Leo. Bass and vocals. You got Michael Baker, also a Leo. He's guitar and vocals. And you got Tim Bradley. He's a Virgo. Keyboards and vocals. That's a six-member band, dude. So is there any crossover between um, the time? Yep. Mark Mark was in the time. So this is like... This is like, um, and I feel like this is my go-to example for bands that are collectives or whatever, but um, this is like- Queens of the Stone Age? Well, that's another good example. I was going to say Tame Impala or Kevin Parker and his, uh, you know, all the the Perth musicians from- um, Oh, yeah. That he runs in in, in Perth, Australia. Yeah. Um, But yeah, and that's, you know, it is actually very similar. Same with uh, Josh Homme, right? I mean- you got Prince, who sort of has his his band of musicians that he sort of introduced to the world by forming at the time, and then you got Josh Homme and all the Desert Session stuff. And I mean, it makes sense, dude. If you, if you vibe well with with musicians, why not pull them into your your solo stuff? You know, sure, yeah. All right, man. So I got one more song to play off of Jesse Johnson's review. Uh, this one's got a little bit different vibe. I'm a big fan of it. So this is track seven. It's called Special Love.
So it's interesting that like he doesn't really highlight his guitar skills all that much on on this solo record. He doesn't on on this one. Like I feel like these are more like dialed in like pop songs. You know, like they're they're yeah. way shorter than the the stuff he was doing in the time. Um, yeah, I wonder if he was if that was you know uh, a. Um, directive from the record label you know because i mean you think about it like prince it sounds like prince formed the time so that he could experiment more, more with his music and just have this other band perform it right i mean right so i wonder if jesse was like you know if he got this record deal with the you know expectation that it would be a little bit more like packageable or whatever you know more polished and stuff he did ar- arrange and produce this record himself. So he was the producer of it. Okay. But let me, I will say this. Uh, so in 1996, he released an album called Bear My Naked Soul. And it's straight up rock, dude. It's so, okay. so a little over 10 years later, he is doing, uh, now I think that's the only one that's like that. But yeah, it, Bear, Bear My Naked Soul is straight up good solid rock. Um, you know, cranking up the distortion and um, it's kind of feels like, I don't know who, who came first, but it's very like Lenny Kravitz vibes, that kind of stuff. Hmm. Okay. Now that's someone I know nothing about, dude. When did Lenny Kravitz like start his journey? <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, I've never been, I, I loved him in the Hunger Games. I'll say that. Um, but I haven't really been. Let's put it this way. I, I've never been a big fan of the singles that he put out. Yeah. So I've never had any reason to dig a little deeper. Dude, he's been around since 85 as far as like records go. I would love to listen to some of his stuff in the 80s. Let's do it, that that You man. said that. <laughs> Why not? Let's do it. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we'll look to dig into that a little bit. So, I mean, that's all I got for Jesse Johnson. Trav, do you want to do a little sneaky peeky on who we're covering next because i'm pretty excited about diving into this guy and i think it pairs really well with jesse johnson and the minneapolis sound yeah so um next week we are talking about an artist that goes by the name blood orange uh his name is dev hines and this is i mean to me he his music is the next evolution of the uh, Minneapolis sound. Yeah, I think so. It is It is exactly, there's no new wave necessarily, although there's a song that features Blondie in it, right? Which is a, a new wave band. Um, maybe we'll play that song. Uh, but anyway, I guess I should say Debbie Harry, not Blondie. But you know what I mean. But anyway, it is, 
it is R&B, funk, and electronic with sort of an indie rock sound. And he's really got, like you said, man, he's carrying the, the, the Prince torch, I think, really well. Yes, absolutely. And so, yeah, it's a perfect album and artist to cover after talking about Prince and Jesse Johnson at the time and all that stuff. Because this is it. Like, if you're if you're looking for a modern group that sounds like these guys, this is, this is him. It's Dev Hines, for sure. So, yeah, I don't know if we're going to pick if we're going to do one album or or cover just a few songs like spread out because he's done he's been doing this since 2011 i remember covering coastal grooves or at least featuring some songs from coastal grooves back in our our music blog days when we ran uh, no filler i mean, i always get the names mixed up <laughs> uh new dust which was the name of our indie music blog and i i very distinctly remember um doing some stuff uh from blood orange back in 2011 so yeah our our buddy josh that started the that blog with us was a big probably still is a big blood orange fan coastal grooves uh cupid deluxe shows up on no filler as well oh, damn it i said it dude on N- new dust i meant to say <laughs> well well it also shows up on no filler because uh th- this showed up uh blood orange showed up in our our top 100 songs of the 2010s oh dude he Um, makes it on the top 10 list of the 2010s yeah and he also makes it on the top top 100 so you know because i remember if i remember correctly our top 100 list we could not have any singles on it and then our top 10 we allowed ourselves to do singles but yeah yeah uh a song from like you just said a song from cuba deluxe was on our top 10 of 2010 and then a song from freetown sound showed up in our Top 100. And we should clarify top 10 of the 2010s, that entire decade. Exactly. So we're big fans of this guy. Big fans. And I think we'll probably do kind of that, that exact thing. We'll cover just a few songs, different songs. I'll try to pick different songs than what we what we have already played or have featured in some way or another on No Filler, just to sort of mix it up a little bit. But um, yeah, I love what he does, man. He's He's great. He's amazing. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's next week, and then we're just going to keep on on going here. Well, yeah, and then, hey, let's remind everyone, too. So after Blood Orange, a couple weeks from now, will be our second full-length What You Heard episode. So I guess I, we should bring that up again. We're, we're no longer doing our What You Heard's at the end of each episode. That's where we bring a song each that we've heard in between recordings. For 2021, we are bringing... A handful of songs each per month and doing it as an entire episode so it's like a what you heard format for an entire episode and the first one i thought was a lot of fun dude i think we brought some some great tunes i thought it was entertaining so we're gonna keep it's a blast yeah, yeah man i'm too i can't wait for the next one <laughs> yeah i can't wait i mean kind of like we said if it's not obvious by now um we just love sharing music with people that's what we've been doing for over a decade like we just mentioned, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. We covered Blood Orange on our music blog a decade ago. So we've been doing this for a long time. All right. Um, yeah. So that's that. Um, that was Mr. Jesse Johnson. And um, I mean, between his stuff on his solo record and the stuff from the time, it's like, dude, I'm just, I'm feeling like I can just, I can just float around the room right now. You know? <laughs> it's hard not to just, do a little dance in your pants when you listen to that stuff, dude. Let's put it, if you are listening to this podcast and you saw the time 
perform live in the 80s, please tell us about it on Twitter. I would love to know what that must have been like. Because if they've got a 10-minute track on their record, they must have had some amazing jam sessions, I would imagine. I would imagine. Maybe not. Maybe they were super polished and like stuck to the record. But when you have that much talent on stage, I can't imagine them not doing some improv and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Especially when you have Jesse Johnson uh, doing guitar work like that. Yeah. Well, in in Purple Rain, dude, during the Jungle Love performance, Morris Day asks, like, where's my mirror or something like that? And some guy just brings out a huge, like, very ornate mirror and just holds it in front of him so he can comb his hair (laughs) up on stage during the song. Oh, man. See, I hope they did that kind of stuff. I mean, that could have been just a gimmick for the movie, but... Dude, I'm sure they did. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying, man. And then the guy with the mirror just turns to face the crowd and does the little dance jig in sync with the rest of the band members along with the song. Dude, the, what happened to that kind of showmanship, man? Yeah. Anyway, I love it. All right. Um, if you want to hear more of our shows, you can find us on our website, nofillerpodcast.com. Uh, where you can find every episode in our catalog going back to episode one. Every episode has a show notes page, a dedicated page to the show where we have our track list. So any song that was played on on an episode, you'll find it on the show notes page. Any uh, resources that we... Uh... Are you out of your fucking mind? Are you out of your mind, dude? All right, hold on. I don't know if I should leave that in, but Travis just recently got two kitties and they are confined in the room with him while we're recording this. So, and I guess they must have killed Travis, took him down. (laughs) So, yeah, they just knocked over uh, an old iMac computer (laughs) that we don't use anymore. Oh my gosh, dude. Anyway. Well, if that doesn't wreck my ears when I listen back to it, I might leave all that in, dude. Yeah, I would imagine that that's going to look like a huge (laughs) sound wave on my recording here. Now, you were talking about our show notes. Yeah. um, Uh, Let me take over for you, dude. Yeah, yeah. Let me take over, yeah. So, nofillerpodcast.com is where you can find our show notes. We are also on the Pantheon Podcast Network. It's pantheonpodcasts.com. It is a music-centered podcast network filled with dozens of awesome music podcasts within the network. We are happy to be part of the family. Uh, Again, that's pantheonpodcasts.com. And also, again, thanks to Pantheon sponsor AKG for supporting the show. And you can also find us on Twitter at NoFillerPodcast. Send us a tweet. Let us know what you've been hearing lately. Uh, really, though, share share music that you've been listening to with us. Start a dialogue about Minneapolis Sound or other bands that you like that fall into this category. That's what we're all about: sharing and listening to music with with other people. So, jump on Twitter and get a conversation going with us. We will be giddy as schoolboys. No joke. Uh, we'll probably jump up and down with excitement if if you send us a tweet. And that's it. So, again, next week we will be jamming to some Blood Orange. 
pretty stoked about that dude i can't wait that's gonna be fun uh and until then thank you as always for listening my name is quentin my name is travis y'all take care It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.